our entire ministry is really built around this idea that it's possible to be Christian and still not have a gospel-centered family hmm. and not have a gospel-centered marriage. Hmm. And so this this whole episode is defining that. The point is, is the word gospel can become cliche. Yes, Whereas, or misunderstood. Or, or misunderstood, Not yes. defined accurately. Yes, and so we want to take uh, an episode here and uh, just really lay the groundwork, the foundation for, I think, I don't know. Well, it's why the gospel is at the center of our marriage and everything, and it's not just this in addition right. to, right? Right. It's not, yeah, it's not the gospel in my back pocket, pull it out whenever I need a little boost, but it's absolutely central. And so we're going to unpack that today and stick around. I think you'll learn something new. And so we will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. How are you doing, Ryan Frederick? (laughs) You know what? Uh, I I said this before we started recording, but... I think I feel the opposite of how I felt last week when we recorded. I, I don't know. How I, did you I, feel last week? I don't remember last week. I was week really, very well. I was really, I, I was feeling my oats. <laughs> and we, I, we were having a lot of fun. I was joking a lot. And today I just feel a little, I feel, I feel dejected. That's all right. Yeah. Sometimes our feelings, they go up and down. <clears throat> so we just kind of let them have, let them come and go. and. Which is consistent, right? Because last time <laughs> I was like, we always bring the gospel. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's not, but we always do it. <laughs> Here we are. And guess what we're talking about today? Gospel-centered. So, yeah, I, we were chatting just a little bit ago, and you had said one of the things that we felt convicted about uh, this coming year and over the last half of last year was we really wanted to go deeper as opposed to just spreading out and, and going broader, mm-hmm. right? And so I feel like this episode is is representative of that reality, of that kind of conviction, of that truth, is that gospel-centeredness uh, – it is it, it to be gospel centered means we go deeper because, like we said in the intro, it's possible to to be a Christian household, quote unquote, and not actually be gospel centered, hmm. right? So We've got, what is the difference? What are the markers? Well, that, okay, you could I'm not, make I'm a just case. asking rhetorically right now. We can talk yeah. about that in a minute, but well, you could make the case that um, now I'm, I'm saying this with an open hand. This is a first draft idea right now. Oh boy! But you could make the case that if you're not gospel centered, then it, you may not be a Christian household. Oh. I'm just going to say that. Okay, then that's my conviction. And I'm not saying that to make you listener feel bad. I'm not. That's very open-handed in the sense that I don't know because I feel like the the natural outworking of the saving grace mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ in your heart. You've been made new. You were once dead. Now you're made alive. Your your heart has been your stone heart has been transplanted with the heart of flesh. That should have a very tangible outworking. Now, with that said, it's possible as a if you're a, maybe just haven't matured in your faith mm. that you have yet to really um, l- learn what it means to live out being gospel centered. Mm. So that's why I say that with a very open, uh, I'm not trying to, to say who's a Christian, who's not. I'm just saying that, <laughs> that it's possible. That's Jesus's job. It's, it is God's possible job. though, that if, and this is James, okay. Yeah. And this is a big deal. It's possible that if there's no fruit, then there's something wrong with the root, Right. but the fruit has to grow too. That's right. all I'm trying to say. So right. this episode is really, I think, with that spirit in mind, is like, okay, we 
are talking about Christian marriage to presumably Christian people. Uh, we we believe in Christ. We have a Christian worldview, and so this whole episode is really just to put put it put the line in the draw the line in the sand. This is what it means to be gospel centered. Well, and I think asking the question, if you look at the flip side of like what looking at the fruit that's in our lives, how are we not living out the gospel? You know, mm, yeah, looking at the fruit could, and saying, hey, okay, sure. we are living out, we, we think we're living out the gospel, but let's examine where we're at. Hmm. And the I mean, it's a good time to do it. It's January for us right now. But anytime's a good time to evaluate. This is one of those, this, <laughs> this is one of those episodes too. If you, have you seen the video on the internet that, that was floating around a few years ago where the woman has... She's like, I'm one of these like great, uh, the great America or the great race or whatever. The amazing oh, race. Yeah. I don't know if it's that show, but it's one of those reality shows. And she's pulling back this watermelon in this massive slingshot. Oh goodness. And she pulls back and she's got to launch it and she lets go and it flings forward, but then it doesn't come out of the oh, slingshot no. and it shoots back and just pla- blasts her in the face. <gasps> Oh my goodness! What are you saying here? I'm saying that this is one of those podcast episodes that I feel that way. Like I'm, I'm coming out <laughs> out the gate, like, hey, it's possible to be Christian and not gospel centered. Splatter right and in I'm the like, face. This is me. Yeah. Like, and so I, the question that I want to ask now is: it possible to be kind of gospel centered? And kind of gospel centered. And what I mean is, because there's some areas that you might be uh, living this out more faithfully than so in we're other asking areas. the holy spirit to sanctify us and examine us a little bit deeper starting maybe. with the fredericks yeah yes examine us a little bit <laughs> more watermelon deep- to the face deeply. <laughs> Lord, how are we how, yeah. yeah what are our blind spots or fundamentally are we following and doing what we should be doing yeah as a result of what the lord is doing in our lives yeah excellent we're definitely not perched up here in our nest of holiness <laughs> Just telling you how to be holy. There's no nests uh, of holiness here. Yeah, that's what our, our second, our second born. She calls nests, nests. That's yeah, her plural. That's her plural for nests. Cute. That's the way we say it around the house. Don't mess with it. Yeah, yeah. We don't correct them because nature will correct them. <laughs> it's too cute to correct. Okay, so let's do a little <laughs> hashtag homeschool. <laughs> Just kidding. Our kids know how to talk. Oh my goodness. Uh, jokes about they're learning the Latin. About. What are your kids learning? Oh yeah, let's just let's talk talk about pointing the finger over here. <laughs> hey, by the way, on this isn't a parenting podcast, but actually, we are about to release not yet uh, an episode or a, a blog post by Anna. Oh yeah, uh, she wrote it's, it's all about. Uh, listen, let's stop com- condemning each other around our schooling choices because that's that's a conviction that she has, and I think it's a, a good post. So anyway, that's a sidebar. Uh, real quick, if you've been listening for a little while and you've gotten something out of the podcast, we would really, really appreciate a rating and a review. Just hop on over to iTunes or the podcast app and just hit the stars, ladies and gentlemen. Hit all of them. Hit the stars. It's so satisfying. But you do have to listen to at least the full episode. Okay. No listen to like three minutes and be like, oh, hot dog. That's Selena's that's me. arbitrary thing. I'm saying if, you just, if you're just listening to this and you feel great, and it's your first episode ever. Just go ahead and hit five stars. <laughs> do you do you? You know, you know. Don't don't let Selena hold you back. <laughs> uh, second thing, just um, do it now. <laughs> coincidentally, this episode is actually so we have a new system that's all around going deeper, and it literally is called Gospel Centered Marriage. Uh, that's that's the URL. Go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com. Uh, it's a online course ecosystem starting with a six. Uh, 
what the six core kind of sessions and then all throughout the year and in the coming months and years we're going to be releasing new content think of it like a netflix for uh gospel-centered marriage Mm. so anyway we would love to have you on board with that uh it will be worth your while right now um it you have to just see the vision with us and hopefully we've gained your trust to the point that you know that Mm. it will be good and that the content will keep coming because actually we're just we're scheduling the unenrichment course with uh, Jeff and Ashley Potts talking about the importance of Christian community. Ooh, sounds good. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's so going to be awesome. awesome. It's not just us. It's going to be other smarter people, more beautiful people than us. <laughs> uh, thank the Lord. <laughs> thank the Lord. Okay, okay, okay. So, okay, okay, okay. Stop okay. joking okay, okay, around, okay, Selena. Okay, okay. okay, so I just want to ask you the question. Don't look at the answer. Don't think about it. Think about it too hard. What exactly is a gospel-centered marriage? Go. Go, Selena. A marriage centered around the gospel. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, Mic okay, drop. okay. Mic drop. No, I... What is that? Okay. It means Elaborate. that it's a marriage that is submitted to the authority of the gospel. It is mm. one that thrives only in and with the gospel and mm. views that as the place to be thriving out of. Hmm, that's good. Okay. I would say, okay, the gospel... We're going to get into what the gospel ask. actually is. Didn't ask me, so never mind. We're going to the next point. Uh, what is the gospel then? Like, so I, I, I'm going to say this, and then we'll get into what the gospel is. But to add to what you said, you may. The gospel is it, be, it is the defining reality by which we anchor our lives, right? And that mm-hmm. that last part could be given or taken away, but it's the defining reality, meaning that it's the it's the spring from which the rest of life bursts forth right uh and it's not one of many it's not yes it's not opposition and equal like it's not an option that we just happen to select right it It is is the the defining yes defining reality yes okay so that begs the question then what is the gospel uh now there's an evangelistic way to go about this all right and that's like the romans road thing god is perfect he is holy Uh, we are imperfect we are sinners we need help in our sinful state we cannot be loved and uh, we are we are basically subjects of god's wrath alone Mm -hmm. we need a savior we can't save ourselves enter jesus he was he was the christ the messiah that was foretold in the old testament he came uh, fully god fully man lived a perfect life died an unjust death uh was in the grave for three days, was raised from the dead, conquering death, forgiving us of our sins, and uh, and basically enabling us to be saved. Mm-hmm. Right, that's the evangelistic gospel. Mm-hmm. And if you want to, if you want more of that, if you're if you're new to all this, just go to the website uh, thenewsisgood.com. Anyway, yes. then there's like the more theological view of the gospel, and obviously they're they're the same. I think it's just how you what you emphasize as you're discussing it just changes. Okay. And so to, to get a little technical here, the gospel completely hinges, okay, not on the, the life of Christ. It hinges on the, the the resurrection of Christ, okay? Even if Jesus was fully God, fully man, but was never resurrected, we would not have the gospel. Mm. Okay? The resurrection is the hinging. The resurrection is, is, the, is the linchpin here, mm-hmm. okay? So... Uh, the resurrection of Christ, not his death, not his death, is the center of our scripture. Nothing else means anything from a Christian standpoint without it. Okay, so I want to read um, from First Corinthians fifteen, um, uh, verses one through four. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, 
which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. Okay, mm-hmm. so a gospel-centered marriage is one that answers with a genuine resounding yes to this question. Did Jesus Christ raise from the dead? Mm. Wow. Yes. That's where it starts. So can you, listener, answer that question? Now, we were both raised in Christian homes. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you run the risk of, if you're raised in a Christian home, kind of taking that for granted. And then when when the rubber meets the road, you've never actually dealt with this question of, did Jesus Christ raise from the dead? So I guess I want to I want to ask you. I mean, is that something that you can say with an emphatic yes? Yes, Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Yes. <laughs> Done. Done. Yes. It's hard to imagine, but yes. I mean, I, I I've been reading through the Bible, doing a whole reading plan, and the more I re- I have been reading and reading the Old Testament, the more you see the nitty, the gritty, just the fleshly parts of who we are as humans has come to light. Like, I think that growing up in Christian Mm. home, like our kids, you know, they know the story of Jesus. They know what's happened. They know that he rose Mm. from the dead. And so, but I feel like at some, at some level, their understanding of that, it's, there's some, there's, there's gotta be an experiential aspect to that. I'm not saying that the gospel is a whole like experience and only that, but I am saying that like you have had a Ryan has have had a close brush with death, therefore some of that experience I think you can imagine, you know, life and death or life to death, death to life, that kind of thing, just I, from a fleshly yeah. I think physical experience. I've stepped a little closer into death's right, and I, I just most, but I but, think that we say these things without thinking like someone in the hospital dying like I, I think we were detached from it maybe that's just a better word because yeah it happened so long ago but yet it it does hinge our whole beliefs everything that we live by yeah. hinges on that but does it make it any less no it makes it more i mean the fact i'm i'm reading i'm at the crucifixion right now um or actually jesus just there's a plot judas just betrayed him uh but i think that spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> just trying to imagine it in in like you know, our day and age or being human, you know, you see it portrayed on movies, you see it portrayed, you know, in different places. And so to actually like be a person that was in that crowd, seeing these things happening, like trying to be that Matthew or Mark that's watching these. Yeah. I don't know. It just takes it to another level as far as like the resurrection, somebody raising from the dead. Hmm. Uh, there's, there's undeniable power there and well, an undeniable, that... undeniable like role in. Right. The cosmos, the world, creation, all of it that just you can't. This is where I'm, I'm kind of stricken by this because we. It's hard. To, it's a lot. It's like a fire hose. <laughs> well, I know. And uh, I mean, OK, we're going to get into this even further. But the alternative here, OK, it's we're the gospel centered or what? We're me centered. And there's other there's expressions of being me centered. Hmm. But so when we doubt this, uh, we, we at some point we have to take that leap of faith okay there is evidence right there's a lot of evidence uh namely there's what Stephen willem he's a um he's a professor at southern he basically said we have three interlock interlocking pieces uh that are kind of the simple evidence for this uh one of them is the empty tomb Mm -hmm. uh, and that there are 
I mean, people that aren't just Christians, but dissidents, people that didn't believe in Christ documented the empty tomb. Mm -hmm. All right. We also have Christ's appearances after with countless witnesses. Mm -hmm. I think I heard uh, Lee Strobel, who's an apologist. He said, if you, uh, if you interviewed every witness to the resurrected Christ, uh, and you spent, you started at breakfast on a Monday and you spent 15 minutes with every witness, you would, you wouldn't finish till, and you did it 24 seven. You wouldn't finish till Friday at dinner, Hmm. 15 minutes. So there's, you know, there's, there's hundreds of these witnesses. And so, and they're not just delusional. They're not hallucinating. Right. Um, they're legitimate Their accounts. accounts. Were, yeah. And it's not, and again, they're not just people who are trying to somehow push an agenda. Right. It's their witnesses. Uh, and that goes on to the third interlocking piece uh, is that we have the transformation of disciples and the establishment of the church. Right. Okay. So you have people that are willing to die for this truth. Not that Jesus was a good man, but that he was resurrected. And that and it was, was foretold. Yes, he and that and that's and what was, they were banking on. Is yes. they're saying like this? He was the Christ. Yeah. He was this. He was the King that was supposed to come. And of course, you had the Pharisees and the Sadducees who were who were staunchly opposed. Mm-hmm. All of Paul's epistles they they show us that Paul, the center of Paul's theology, is the resurrection mm-hmm. of Christ, mm-hmm. the the bodily resurrection of Christ, then the spiritual resurrection of believers, and then the future bodily re- resurrection of believers. Mm. So the resurrection is so central in the gospel and so we have to ask ourselves is that something that we actually believe and do we and how does is that it affect, central is it, is it going to affect every aspect of our life yeah yeah how does how has it affected or how does it how should it be affecting our lives well i'm glad you asked because i actually have a, <laughs> a neat little <laughs> you're welcome yeah so if jesus was resurrected there are unbelievable implications to that Okay, and so I'm answer, giggling because we're just we're tracking. I didn't even look at the notes for that one. <laughs> Good, it's just 17 um, years of marriage, right there, people. So, if Jesus was resurrected, here's the logical conclusion: He is God. Okay, I want to look at. If, can you look up John? I don't know if you have your Bible handy. Sinner. <laughs> How dare you, <laughs> sinner! All right, I've got it right here. Oh my goodness! Sword. What's that? What are the things called in Sunday school? Sword drills. <laughs> you would pull up. I never did those. Out a verse, never and then, did well, that. then you were deprived as a child. This I is, was singing worship songs. Okay, so, so uh, John fifteen eight. So if Jesus was resurrected, he is God. And John John five eight. Excuse me. Five eighteen. Nailed it. Uh, he Do said you read this. Your Bible much? This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own Father, mm-hmm. making himself equal with God. Yes. Okay, so if Jesus was resurrected, he proved once and for all mm. that he is God. Mm-hmm. Okay, if he is God. The, it logically follows that all scripture is true. Now, how do we know that? Because in John 5, uh, this is all in John 5, by the way. I love John 5. We read it with the girls right now, and it's blowing my mind, so I decided to go there today as I was writing this rundown. Seems, seems like a good uh, direction. John five thirty nine. all right? He says, uh, you search the, he's talking to the Pharisees, right? He says, you, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Um, I do not receive glory from people. So he's saying that, the, that you're going to the scripture to try to find salvation. And he's saying, the it's scripture right points to you. me. Yeah. So not only is he saying that it points to him, but he's saying it's true. Mm. Okay. So if Jesus was resurrected, he is God. If he is God, then scripture is true. And if scripture is true, okay, I am who the Bible says I am. I, Ryan, you, Selena, we are who the Bible says we are. Mm-hmm. So if scripture is true, it bears its full weight on us mm-hmm. in every area of life. So what does the Bible say about who we are? I'm going to go to John 5, 23 and 24. Do you want to read those? 
Sure. They're 24 and 25. Do you have them? No? I do. It <laughs> says, thanks for sharing your Bible. I you out there. <laughs> truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Wow. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and now is and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Hmm. Okay, so from so death good. to life, mm-hmm. uh, from judgment to justification, mm. from being judged to being justified, uh, that, that our, our state without Christ is we are dead. Mm. We are subject to God's wrath. And instead, in Christ, because of Christ, not because we've done anything, but because we've get, put our faith in him, we are mm. made alive and we are made, uh, we, well, the doctrine of the unity with Christ. So we are then kind of adopted into the righteousness of Christ. That's the whole propitiation thing. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about it last week a little bit. Point is, uh, unbelievable truth. Okay, so track with me here. Unbelievable it, truth, but you better believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that in a, in a, you know what I mean. I know. Uh, if Jesus is resurrected, he is God. If he is God, scripture is true. If scripture is true, I am who the Bible says I am. Uh, it says more than I'm more than I'm just a sinner. It says I'm made in God's image. Mm, All right. So that's that. another that has a huge implication in marriage. Oh, man. Uh, complicit and said dead. And I'm on, and it, if it says who I it says I am. The next cl- conclusion is I'm only saved the way Jesus says I can be saved. Uh, we, we read 24 and 25. But let's read John 540 as well. Um, let's see here. Uh, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Okay, so we are saved by going to Jesus. That's yes. the truth. And because he's the object, he's the resurrected one, you know, right. uh, and, and in him we have a resurrection. Yes. We have spiritual resurrection and future bodily resurrection because of his resurrection. Mm. Okay, see how it's so pivotal? Yeah. And how the gospel without the resurrection isn't a gospel at all? Yes. Okay, and then finally, I'm only saved the way Jesus says I am. If I'm only saved the way Jesus says I am, then scripture has relevance in every aspect of my life. Now for that, uh, because I wanted to stay in John 5, I went to John 5, 1 through 17, which is the healing at the pool in Bethesda. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Sabbath. On the Sabbath. Right. Okay, so he is now the Lord. He is now the the, the governor. Uh, he satisfied the ceremonial pieces of the law. And this is him identifying that, right? Is this the first time he does this? Uh, I, I can't say for sure. Okay. Um, it's early in John. Yeah. So Probably. Yeah. But so he heals the man, the invalid man at the pool, uh, and then he says to him, "Now go and sin no more." In other words, go and live out this mm. miracle. Sin no more. Live that, out this healing. That nothing worse may happen to you. Right. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, and the man, I think this begs the question, or not begs the question, but it helps us to um, understand those next steps. Sin no more. That nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away mm. and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. Hmm. And these were the same Jesus. Okay, so persecute. but he went. So, I think this is just a there. good example, yeah, of gospel. The gospel being at work, bringing healing to us. Yeah, how can we not share it? How mm. can we not go and tell that Jesus is the one who's done this? Jesus is the one who saved my soul from the pit of hell. And if you ever want to be scared out of your pants, Google what that's like. <laughs> Um, <laughs> or just read, uh, what book did I read that, that was devastating in that regard? Oh, Dante's six? Inferno. Oh, oh my word. goodness. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, the, so point I'm trying to make. Some good news here. This is extremely good news. And I just want to hover on that point a little bit. This the idea of being dead and made alive. Mm. Okay. Like when you're dead, you're dead. 
there's when, no life there's, there's no, no fruitfulness like, there's no I'm indicators somehow, like, of life <laughs> i'm not clawing my way out of this state yeah. it's like you didn't choose to be born you just were and just this in the same way when we choose to be born again it just we just are it's not yeah. something that we really even choose that's that's a that's a reformed view of it and that's yeah. one that we hold to is that it's only by the grace of god that i'm reborn i had no real i have no my, claim my to faith it was, was I, a gift my yes. faith itself was a was a grace of god the only thing we brought was our sin yes like, that's the only thing yeah a little bit of jonathan edwards in there good you job know. so the point being made is that this this is an amazing gift that would have tangible outworkings in our life mm. in the in the man that was healed he goes and starts just spreading the good news he starts telling everybody listen this this guy's down at the at the at the pool he's healing people he is the christ obviously that that was an outworking but we in in every area of our lives we would do the same thing if that reality is mm. bearing its full weight mm-hmm. if we are really experiencing that fullness of life that being brought that saving like pivotal faith right okay so Again, this is convicting to me. Like I'm thinking, what areas of my life am I still clawing onto? Sure. That well, and that's just that's the curse of the sin. Uh, curse mm. of the sin. Curse of sin that and one brokenness. Time. <laughs> one time when I sinned, <laughs> ruined everything. <laughs> no, I I just think it's important yeah. for us to remember that we are never going to be sin free here on earth. That yeah. and that is okay because that means that in our weakness, like He is made strong, He will be glorified. And that is the beauty of it. And so I want to push back a little bit. I, I get that we'll never be sin free, but here's where I want to, I want to tease this out a little bit more is that we don't have to keep sinning in the same way. Sanctification is real. Right. Right. And, and ways think, that I sinned before being saved and yes. ways that I've sinned before being sanctified are very different from the struggles that I have today. Yes. And the struggles I have today are much more, um, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to categorize sin too brashly here but for me the struggles are much more around like my own fear my own pride right. my own ambition my own it's not so much the earlier sins that i that i struggle maybe with. not so much outward but inward sins like right. things that you struggle with more on the inside which is typically again which it's still sin it's not you any still better see the fruit of whatever is right. being mold over right but there should be a sanctification yes. effect of the salvation that we right. experience so, Okay, so how does that work itself? I, maybe I'm jumping the gun here because I was just thinking about okay, so how would that work itself out in marriage, right? Like we're we're both Christians, we're saved, but like mm. we're struggling with sin in different ways. So my response, ideally, right, if I'm if I'm in sin and and the, I'm convicted mm. at some level by someone or something, and it is. I feel like it's my response that truly shows us or shows me hmm. where the gospel, how how much the god, how much the gospel is bearing weight, how much I'm under its authority, or how much I'm submitting to so it. So wait, you're saying so you're saying that if I'm re- if I am going down this road of repentance, then there's evidence of the gospel at work in me. But if I'm if I'm going down this road of of hiding and trying to, hmm. you know, yeah. To step away from, I don't know. I'm trying to say, like, I'm trying to hide my sin. Oh, God forgives me. Like, God forgive me. It's fine. Like, instead of well, like stepping uh, into the light of the good news and the gospel, I think there's just in ways that we work out our salvation, like that should be evidenced with the gospel. Does that so what sense? you're saying is, okay, so uh, when we are, when, when we're saved, we're indwelled with the Holy Spirit. When we have a saving faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit, then... Mm-hmm is our helper and then the Holy spirit then will go about the business of sanctifying us Mm -hmm. 
and helping us. Now, the Holy Spirit is God. Yes. He is active, alive in us as believers. He's the gift that Christ gave. Yes. So that how we respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you, you're saying, is an indication of how how submitted I am to the Lordship of Christ. Yes. Okay, and that's that's akin to 539 in John. Uh, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. And here's verse 40. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. So mm. I think the response to that conviction is to repent. Right. Is and Repenting is different from saying, forgive me. Like, there's something to be said for yes. the efficacious forgiveness of Christ on the cross. He f- didn't forgive the sins that you've confessed. He's f- forgiven every sin you've ever done and ever will do. Yeah. Okay, so you're already forgiven. But repentance is turning from that sin. Right. And Acknowledging. the language is similar. I'm sorry. I have, I've made a mistake. I've sinned against you, Lord. I have lived in this. I'm turning from it. And so that's the difference. Because you can give lip service to a mistake and right. say, I was wrong. But the repentance is actually turning from that thing. Right. And then again, we see an overflow. An, a f- fruit should be coming. Fruitfulness is such an indicator, I feel like. Of- well, I mean, let me finish the thought. You're right. But the repentance is turning from the sin toward Christ. Yes. That's That's yes. the object. of. He's the object yep. of our faith yep. now. Not just figuring out ways to just right. continue to... I'm not going to turn to some other sin, right? right? I'm turning toward Christ, right. away from the my flesh, right. toward Christ. And so, yeah, that will have... Can, yeah, that'll have... I mean, you can see that in marriage. Just think of any... <laughs> well, any, let's, get, let's get into the... Yeah. I think it's helpful to compare. Go to the alternatives and talk about, yeah. So in general, what's the alternative to being gospel-centered? Uh, me-centered. <laughs> it's me-centered. That's right. really the only alternative. Right. Now, there well, are expressions of this. And that, I mean, that's... That's indicated in Genesis three. I mean, the whole turning of <laughs> the 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 enemy was just like, "Hey, don't you want to be like God? Like, don't you?" It's focusing on not. On Did he God. really say that? Like, it's focusing he's just on holding back. He's holding on out on you, you, right? Yeah, and questioning. It's not trusting God. Yes. So, because being me centered doesn't require trust, being God centered, mm. I think, absolutely requires trust. So there's a very clear me centeredness to that 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 it can be obvious in our lives, and uh, not so obvious. Yeah, well, I'm starting with the obvious <laughs> yes, one. Yes, yes, yes. You say, well, I don't want to go to, I'm using church as, we're not saved by going to church, but I'll just use it as an example. I don't need the community of Christ. I'm good. I don't need the, the body of Christ. I'm okay. said every introvert ever. Or, or <laughs> right? I kidding. feel God convicting me in this area that I need to stop watching, you know, pornography or I need to stop sinning in whatever habitual way or I need to uh, submit whatever the thing is. Yeah. And instead you're saying, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to basically squish that conviction i'm going to quench it and i'm going to turn and and i'm going to be me-centered instead of being gospel i'm going to bend my life based on what i want instead of what mm. god wants that's kind of the obvious outworking but some less obvious ones are things like being spouse-centered right it can seem like a good thing right in our marriage that we're mm. right. maybe sacrificing a lot doing a lot but so what would be the this is hilarious because we're a christian marriage podcast and yeah. we're talking about hey don't be spouse centered <laughs> like don't serve serve but not too much <laughs> Sorry. I mean, that's essentially what we're saying well it depends on where your heart's at yeah it's a, i guess it's like a heart orientation because you can be doing one action that can be either like a, a manipulation tactic it could be a like i'm just gonna throw this in your face tactic or it could be like one of service and love and so or you get the wife that is just abdicating uh or she's giving up because she's a she's being a doormat because her husband is just too hard to deal with and right. she wants to keep the peace absolutely or you get the husband that's so insecure that he'll do anything just to keep his wife happy right including not leading her 
yeah. in ways that she doesn't want to be led, but he should lead her in mm. like things like Christian community and, and other. Right. Other so ways. trusting their own desires and fears. Or I can want so badly. Submitting and trusting God's design and purpose. Another example. I didn't mean to step on your toes there. Uh, I just want so badly to make my spouse happy that I'll, I'll lead us, I'll, I'll overextend us financially. Mm. Like she said she wanted that car or she, she won't be happy unless we get this house or whatever that I'm going to, I'm going to go down a whatever road is actually disobedient to God because it's not good stewardship or, right. you know, he's maybe leading a different way or it's an opportunity for us to submit more mm. readily to him. Mm-hmm. Instead, I'm just being spouse centered, which I'm, it's, we say it's a version of being me centered because really I just, I don't want to actually you deal with the, it in the yeah, way. Yeah, You want the feelings of feeling good and loved yes. versus knowing that I am already loved Mm. me buying this house for him yep yep <laughs> is not the way forward yeah. in that yeah uh so just quickly there are other expressions of this kid centeredness it plays out in practically the same way yeah job centeredness meaning that we it's we make decisions based on the career that we're in yeah i think you said it well at the beginning that everything sort of bends and submits to this this machine mm. whatever it is your spouse your kids your job Everything is kind mm-hmm. of centered around that, and you know how that looks. You, I mean, I we'll, we are con- we'll continue to paint the picture, but you know what that looks like. You know yeah. what the sacrifices you make, and you know that you're just trying to like you're you're continually being callous yeah. to the. I feel like the voice of the conviction of the Holy oh, Spirit, man, right? And so it's, it's, it's just like, yeah. it's it's just you you have to identify that you could be anything centered. You could be gym centered, right. like we. I have to fitness centered. Or personal appearance centered, which are those are all a version of being me centered. What did we were, uh, Matt Chandler ta- said this on one of the um, the God's beautiful design, and he said that none of those things are bad. It's just when they are elevated to that. Yeah, yeah I, I forget who said it, but every sin is is disordered love, right? Right, right. and so anything love. elevated yeah. above to, above where God where God it becomes God, right? Becomes yeah. that idol, obviously. It's the thing that you're making sacrifices for. Yes. Okay. So let's do a really deep contrast here. Cause I, I find these really helpful. So we're going to look at six different things, identity, communication, sex, priorities, conflict, and money. <laughs> and we're going to contrast the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to, we're going to contrast me centeredness with gospel centeredness in each area. Yeah. Okay? So hopefully this will be a helpful exercise for you guys to and kind by of the way, see It'll be, yeah, yeah, more tangible understanding, I think. And by the way, we go into these in, in greater detail in our the Gospel-Centered Marriage course. So again, <laughs> quick pitch, gospelcenteredmarriage.com. Check it out. Worth Check the time. it out. Okay, so identity. Um, so if I'm me-centered, uh, my identity comes from, from me. Really, this is the refrain of the world. This is everything mm. that we hear from the world is that you need to be true to you, love yourself. Live your truth. Follow your heart. Yes, live your truth. You only live once, like, and all of this is based on how you feel. Yes, that's complete me-centeredness. I am the center of the universe. Complete nonsense is what it is. And every, okay. You can't live yes. well, on your emotions or from within yourself. And do you see? And again, this how is identity. do we know this? The Bible tells us this. True, it does tell us this. Of the the heart is deceitful above all else, mm. uh, is what the Bible says. So, when you see how your, if your identity comes from within, I'm I'm literally the center of Ryan's universe. Is Ryan? And Selena exists. She orbits around me. <laughs> and, as soon, and as soon as her orbit gets a little bit wobbly, my universe goes out of whack, right? Because I'm the center of it. It could go for you too. But what happens is if, if, I'm, if my identity is based on me, mm. as soon as the, the things around me become wobbly, my identity starts to implode. 
Yeah. Like like a like a dying star. <laughs> it turns into it becomes a black hole that not even light can escape from. That's very true. So you see, this sounds silly, but yeah, it's, no, it's I feel convicted true. about it. Not about myself. I think I've I've sometimes center around you and the kids, and and not that that's a bad thing. Like I want to serve and love, but I'm also like, okay, Lord, where what are there boundaries mm. that I should be setting in order to be yeah. engaging and flourishing in the things that you have for me? What does that mean? What does that look like right now? Well, you just described gospel-centered identity. Yeah. Which is found in Christ and based on being loved by God and adopted into his family. Again, we said at the beginning, this reality is the is the defining truth that, that the, our whole existence hinges on. Well, okay. Is that God has loved me in Christ. Mm-hmm. And he is the object of, of glory. He is the reason I exist. He is the center of my universe, not me. And so when things clash, and then we have to communicate through clashings, I, I can still trust him, and right. I can still my identity's safe, right? Because he's unmo- he's immovable and unchanging. Uh, so that's gospel centered identity. Let's talk about communication a little bit. Me centered communication is all about being understood. I have to be heard at all costs. If I'm not heard, then our communication has failed, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, I, in other words, I need to get you to feel what I feel. Instead of gospel-centered communication, which is, now that's good. It's good to be understood. I'm not saying that's bad, but if that's the the defining center of your communication, don't be surprised when your communication is dysfunctional. We shouldn't, yeah, we can't be listening just to respond. We need to, like it's gospel-centered, listen and seeking understanding Hmm. um, are paramount. But I think we're listening to seek that agreement first and then be able to kind of springboard from there. So when we're... We're in a funk. We're having a really hard time communicating. Instead of me just listening to be able mm. to respond, stopping and listening to find agreement on, okay, he's upset about this. What would be this? I don't know. He's he's upset that the house is a disaster. <laughs> I'm never upset, so it's hard I for know, her to think of something. It's really hard sometimes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll come down and the I work upstairs above no, our garage. No, it's a disaster right now. I'll come down and I'll be like, what you been doing all day, huh? <laughs> It's like the dishes are, you know, I do dishes. I help with dinner, all that kind of stuff. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> it's true. I feel like you're laying some claims here. I <laughs> no, help. <you> do. <laughs> I help. I help as bad as much as you help with this podcast. Make a mess. <laughs> show up okay, for the show. Okay, that makes sense. Yep, that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so listening and seeking understanding are paramount. You've got to give empathy and not, again, not listening to just res- find your response. But how is that center on the gospel? To, That's what I want to get into because okay. h- how is, if I'm gospel-centered, how do, how am I actually able to listen now? Because, well, if we go back to our identity, right, we're, we're listening out of a secure identity in Christ. Typically, we tend yes. to respond out of insecurity. Reaction. Or, yeah. yeah, being attacked and feeling defensive. So if, our, if we can remember that our identity is rooted in Christ— we've been adopted into his family, that we are loved, then we can walk mm. confidently through this communication storm. <laughs> I agree with that. Now, here's my one Ryan caveat to that is there are times when I don't feel great about it, but I just need to trust that listening is the better path. Mm. Okay. I'm dying to self there a I'm little dying bit. Dying to self a little bit there and you serving you. From a place of, even though I'm frustrated, mm. even though I'm not angry. <laughs> <laughs> listening <laughs> to listening. your wife. That sounds like some good advice. Yes, you just should take kidding. it. Uh, <laughs> now, intimacy. Let's just skip that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a headache. Because <laughs> I'm not having it. 
Uh, huh? we, we joke. We joke. What are um, you joking I'm about? I'm saying that you you frustrated me. Therefore, we're skipping the closeness part. <laughs> anyway, the, the, that's the joke never fell a flat. good tool. Never a good. Thing never to do, do that. Never and do that. Plus, I'm never on that end of it anyway. <laughs> so. <laughs> so I was looking at you with some confusion yes, there. Yes. Yes. So, sex and intimacy, me centeredness would say. Uh, it exists to fulfill my personal needs and desires. But isn't it? It's my body, right? It's it's it. It's for me, mm. right? No, I'm obviously not being serious being in that. The, the gospel-centered intimacy says that uh, our sex life is first off, it's a sign of the substance of the covenant. Mm-hmm. So it is reserved just for you and me in mm-hmm. our covenant. Mm-hmm. No one else. No other pictures, images, videos, screens, anything like that. Just me and you. And it is an opportunity to know, serve, and enjoy you, enjoy each other, mm-hmm. to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that uh, it's not fun. It's not something that we want to do. It just means that it, the purpose is is rooted in God and his design and his glory. And it's not rooted in me, my desires, my glory. Well, and it's a reflection also of the oneness of mm. the triune nature of God and also, I think, uh, the oneness that being loved in the gospel we, yeah being fully known fully loved still yes. being completely literally naked but still literally loved <laughs> <laughs> i mean that no that's great um okay priorities okay we got three more of these we're running a l- little short on time uh so me centered priorities means that my life is oriented around what's most important mm-hmm. to me All right you ex- again that's the whole i'm the center of the universe so is that saying that if my kids and husband are important to me that i'm being me centered well, oh, that's a that's a little bit of a logic bomb there. I uh, guess because I mean that might be my struggle to be honest. I think yeah. that you guys are important to me, and therefore I want to serve you well as a outpouring of God and the Holy Spirit at mm. work and the gospel at work in my life. But what about when that becomes? I guess when that moves into like an identity thing, right? That can be mm. me centered versus gospel centered. Okay, well, let's let's talk about the gospel side of it, and then we'll talk about that more. But the gospel-centered version of priorities is our life is oriented around what's most important to God. So what's most important to me? What's most important to God? That's the contrast. So if your husband and kids are most important to you, that will, uh, that will clash with what's most important to God if it means that you are not loving God, worshiping Him, glorifying Him with your heart, your affections, your time. Right. So again, if I'm finding my, it's because both will bear fruit. So I'm just saying, how do you differentiate? Right. Uh, yeah, but I think the kids can pick up on when, uh, when the priorities are out of whack, like when you're working and serving the family and when I'm working and serving the family from a place of Christ was, is first in my heart. Right. You know that that's, I love you way better. And Christ is our, God is our provider. Right. So there's, for me, that's the big one. Right. And so I guess that's just where I'm trying to understand that there's there, it's an identity piece. It's a, it's a, it's a reliance piece, right? Mm -hmm. There's pieces of this that go together because I think you could make the argument the other way as well. Like, Mm -hmm my life is oriented around what's most important to me. You're saying that's me centered. Well, I guess then I would be me centered as a gospel centered woman. Right. It's, but it's not yeah. We're we're saying the differentiators are these desires are from a place of God. He's given, I given mean, me these desires. Yes. And my identity is not in what you who I love and what I have. Yes. It's an them. attitude of stewardship versus yeah. identity. And I mean, you know, reliance when, though, that self-reliance yeah. piece I think is big. Yes. So in our lives, uh, you will serve us to a fault. 
and because I feel like there's an identity priority piece in there sometimes. And you just said that. I'm not. Well, I just don't know. I mean, if I'm honest, I just don't know where to like draw boundary lines very well. I think that's where it comes in mm-hmm. in terms of with like kids and time. So how does that how does that show itself? I think anger you know, is, yeah. is 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 a symptom of of the well, disorder. I'm tired love. and I'm but yeah. It's also a symptom of just you can be angry without sinning. So you can be you can feel angry, feel frustrated. It doesn't mean you're automatically sinning. Yeah. So it's hard not to sin in those moments, but it's possible. Yeah. Anyway, I I, I think we could talk about that for a lot. I think it's good questions. <laughs> Off the podcast, I guess. I'm just comes mulling some our, stuff around people. Just doing it right mulling now. It, mulling, mulling it around. around. So it just comes down to uh, your heart orientation. Um, so conflict. Let's talk about that. Speaking of anger, uh, uh, me-centered conflict. <laughs> okay, so this one's interesting because... People think of conflict that's selfish is like, I just have to be right. I think another way to be really selfish in conflict is to avoid healthy conflict, mm. to, to basically avoid confrontation. I'm not going to bring it up because he's going to respond this way. I'm not going to bring it up because Gosh, I'm just going to I feel like you're just reading peace. my mail right now <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just like, man, maybe there are some ways that I'm just not, again, I'm not good at drawing boundaries because what? And those are things I need to explore. I don't, I want to keep the peace and I don't want to engage because we just don't have a lot of like margin energy to like examine these things with a healthy perspective and one that's not going to just blow up but Mm. it's like are we actually like taking the time to walk into this gospel-centered piece for the conflict section uh are we welcoming the conflict the process to be pursued in healthy ways for sanctification and reconciliation am i saying Mm. this is a necessary and welcome process to be pursued in healthy ways for sanctification and reconciliation that's a good question I have a verse for that. Yes. Romans 12, 1 and 2. We happen to be memorizing it with the girls. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Okay, that's a kind of one of these verses that you probably have heard a hundred or a thousand times uh, being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Okay, there's an outcome here. That The transformation is the outcome, but then there's an outworking of it. Uh, do not be conformed to this world, by, uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That by testing... You may discern what mm. is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Mm. So that you're at, it's a discernment question. Mm. How do I know if I am loving my family to a fault, to the to as a as an idol, or if I'm loving them as a service unto God? Mm. That's a discernment question, uh, and it's and it comes about. We discern by testing. How do we test? Well, we we get in God's word. We learn who he is. We learn his will, his character, his decree, his law. We learn what his desires are. We talk to others. We pray. We listen. Yeah. And I think that's, I guess that just falls on like to the ears of wives and mothers of like, you know, dealing with the, the mom guilt or just the Mm. me time kind of conversations. So where does that, where does that fall? Hmm. I don't know. Those are just questions that I, I think come to my head of I've always like been I I don't I don't want like this me selfish time you can have me time to be refreshed to be able to engage in those roles and relationships that God has put in front of you Hmm. but the me time is not for me to like sever and get away and like Hmm. ignore completely right it's the purpose Mm, I think it's the purpose maybe the whole the purpose that is in front of you not to the right or to the left, but what is in front of you? Where do, where is God? That's good. Purpose this path for me. So those, I'm gonna get I'm gonna harp on myself here in a second, okay. and and husbands. So uh, I think maybe one way to look at that is that quote unquote me time 
from a gospel-centered perspective, is really about refueling. Right. Refueling for the same journey. You're not taking a detour just to get off the road, but you're actually saying, like, I need to fuel. Yeah. I need to take care of this finite body, this mm-hmm. tired mind, uh, my, weary, my soul. weary soul. <laughs> I need to refuel because I'm still in the battle mm. and the enemy is still here and I still got to swing this sword. So husband, how can, how can you just battle for me for a bit and let me... Well, last night... <laughs> <laughs> you did. I battled. Our baby, our baby's been teething or something. She's had a hard few nights and uh, you, you had a Bible study with the ladies and, and uh, I was very tired, friends. I did not. I was like, you know what? I could really just sit this one out. But I was like, you know what? You were just like, you should go. I think you should go. You should go. I'm like, okay. I was, <laughs> and I, texted, I knew it wasn't going to be perfect. I know that you worry. Like, I know. And your text just. I texted you and I was like, she's not doing okay. Um, <laughs> just FYI. <laughs> And you and read it I and you're did, like, she's not doing okay. You read well, it that way. And I, w- I didn't drive. And we dropped, we, it was like, a, it's like a college carpool here. We're just like. Four different ladies. Yeah. Car, and yeah. so I'm just like, oh no. And I, but I, I didn't freak out. I just kind of, my heart like takes a few flutters. And I was, I was holding down the fort, taking care of the kid. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put her mind to ease, mind at ease, even though things aren't at you ease. Did. <laughs> you said, did. It's great. I got it. We're doing great. She's We're snuggled down. together. I love you. I love her. Take all the time you need. And I was like, Phew. And then like a half hour later, I was like, you still out there? <laughs> He's coming <laughs> <Yeah>. back? <laughs> Getting a little sweaty over here. It was fine. We're, we're the only yeah. one in this group that has like the youngest child. And so everybody was, I was like, can I get dropped off first? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. We love Lou. We want to make sure she's they're good. They're so sweet. Yes. So men, okay. How do we avoid conflict in a me centered way? I think, um, we can avoid bringing up things that we know are going to upset our wife, right? And so uh, sin is the one so that always comes to, to mind. So we tend to do this, yes, as a me-centered. We just want to We tend to be passive. the peace instead of... Right. We're not called to be passive. We're right. called to be uh, engaged, yeah. active, not aggressive, but active, yeah. okay? We're called to be engaged in our household. Now, that means mortifying our own sin, mm. first before God, then before our wives mm-hmm. and before our brothers in Christ. So I'm thinking of any sort of addiction. We always talk about pornography with men, but it really comes down to anything, whether it's video games, uh, alcohol consumption. It could be uh, the amount of time you're spending away from your home. Maybe mm-hmm. that's an addi- Maybe it's work. For me, addiction mm-hmm. is probably my my worst addiction is work. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to be really like I have to be really forthcoming with God about yeah. that, and the more forthcoming with you. And it's honestly we have a lot of fights around it, and so I've had to Do learn. We? Well, we've had. It's been better. I've gotten better. Sanctification. <laughs> right? Am I right? Gospel-centeredness. <laughs> okay, so I'm just, that, that's the, the guy side of it. Okay, what's the gospel-centered side of this? Um, and you touched on it. We, it's, we see conflict as a necessary welcome process to be pursued Ugh. in healthy ways. And for all those who are conflict-averse, hello, me. <laughs> okay, but but it's not just for itself. It's right. for sanctification. Well, and that's it's the promise that I. That's the promise that conflict-averse people need to Here, yeah. cling to and remember. And, and that is my battle. And mm. it's not your battle like that. You don't battle it the same way as I do. And oh, so therefore me, I do. we. I do. Okay. Not with you because. No, I'm just saying the promise that I have to yeah. stand on may be different for you. That's good. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> cut short. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. All right, we got to wrap this up. Well, Money. Me-centered money. I trust my job. I trust my work. I work feverishly. I spend to maximize my status, my ease, and I pursue security through wealth. Oh, man. Wowie, wowie, wowie. Oh, boy. Uh, The gospel-centered version of that is, you know, we trust God. We work diligently. 
we steward faithfully, but we pursue God's purposes and money is a tool to his ends. We can give generously. Would you add that there? I would add that. Okay. Because we give from a place of security. It's not ours. It's God's. Yes. He He is the owner of everything. Well, and I think the way we spend money can be either, like, whose mission are we supplying here, right? Are mm. we are we the, on the mission with God or are we on mission for ourselves and our own, you know, mm. puffing up and status and yeah. glory? Because I think... There's a very real... There's a real battle out there, and I think that sometimes yeah. it might be hard for us to take hold of some of the promises or the things of God because of the the how easily it can be misconstrued as, mm. oh, you know, we deserve this <laughs> kind of thing. Does sure. that make sense? I worked hard. I deserve this as opposed to God allowed me to work, and maybe I should give it away, give it to him, or, or you know, in some way submit to him. Do you know it. what I'm talking about? I think so. Why? Oh, just curious. What are you talking Just about? Just for us. Oh, are you sub? Are you subtexting me right subtexting. now? Subtexting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was actually thinking while you were talking, so maybe I missed something. But, uh, <laughs> you were thinking to respond and not listening no, to agree? No, I was agree. trying to be, add value to our yeah. listeners. Uh, <laughs> money could also be just any resource. Okay, so I think in these times... Ah, like relational resource and... Well, yeah, that's not where I was headed, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <be> no. <laughs> Go ahead, we're uh, running out of time. I'm thinking of... Right now, um, people can be feel a lot of unrest around, like, you know, like, especially from the U.S. Uh-oh. and the government and Uh-oh. whatever, you know, whatever air you're breathing, okay, you can start to think resources are scarce. And so we start to f- try to find our security and how we can secure more of whatever the scarce thing is. <laughs> Slippery slope. Okay. And I'm, I'm holding this with an open hand. Again, same first draft idea, but we can think of like our freedom is scarce. Like what if our freedom goes away? I have to cling to it. And I'm going to put everything else on the back burner, including my witness, mm. to cling to whatever the scarce thing is. Now, I'm, t- I'm touching on a, a big red button right now, so bear with me. Uh, things like if you think if you feel like water is going to be scarce someday or beef or toilet paper. All right. <laughs> that's uh, if you live through 2020, that's you know what that's like. Uh, and so, by the way, we're not our friend, poking fun at this. We are we're, we're trying to. I said I was hitting a big red, big red button. I wasn't I trying to poke fun at it, but well, it's just laughing. a touchy topic. It is. Um, by the way, Jeff, our good friend, said he was driving through their neighborhood and someone had their garage door open. This was last year, like in the summertime. Oh, yeah. And their to- they had toilet paper, no joke, floor to ceiling in their garage. They're ready. I wonder what they think now. <laughs> <laughs> They're like they're like burning it in their furnace. <laughs> well, I don't need toilet paper for the next five years. <laughs> I mean, floor to ceiling. I don't know how I'd tall be, their garage was. I'd be was, frustrated but... with the storage space. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I'd be like, I can't park my car in here. You don't have, you don't have to hit the brakes, so you just run into all the toilet paper. <laughs> anyway, uh, the point is, is the gospel center view of that is is very different. I mean, that I can trust God. Yeah, I can rest. I can sleep. I can put my head on my pillow. Right. And rest with a sweet surrender, sweet trust. So. Yeah, I do hope this is, this has made it clearer for you, listener. Uh, this what gospel centeredness is is one of these things that you can kind of hear it a hundred times and you forget what it actually means. And like we said in the beginning, the the whole message of the gospel, the whole centerpiece of Scripture, is obviously the person and work of Christ, but namely the resurrection of Christ. Mm. That the resurrection is the reality that governs every other reality in our lives. There is a lot of evidence for it, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day. 
even the Pharisees who were right there, right next to it, didn't believe. Mm. Even, the, even, even Judas. The people that knew the scriptures. Yes, they knew him more they than anything. The they saw the person of Christ. Yeah. Judas knew Christ well. He betrayed Jesus. Mm. Uh, and even people immediately talking to Paul, they still did not believe with so, all these witnesses. So as believers, we can still get lost in the weeds. Yes, and we can still just refuse to believe. Mm. And so the answer to, to answer this question, how do we become a gospel-centered marriage? And this this is the word I'm going to use, and it might rub you the wrong way, depending on your church tradition, but we have to repent. And what I mean by that is we turn from our unbelief. Mm. Lord, I believe. Help me. Mm. Help me in my unbelief and help me to live this out. Hmm. That's really the first step to take. And the rest of the steps, I think we could step ad nauseum. <laughs> really, it's just follow the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Let's pray us out. And then, um, yeah, we'll call it. Lord, I thank you for the gospel. Hmm. I thank you that uh, we don't have to live life at the center of it, that we can, that you are the center of our existence, that mm-hmm. we, our identity is staked on you. Our uh, sustenance is, is because you allow it. Um, our marriages um, are blessed because you allow them to be. Um, we trust you, Lord. I pray for the couples that are struggling, that you would mm-hmm. help them find breakthrough. That I pray that this would not just be a collection of platitudes that don't actually help, but I mm-hmm. pray that they would feel enlivened, Holy Spirit, that you would help them feel enlivened and hopeful and mm-hmm. joyful. In this reality that their hope is in you. It's not mm-hmm. in them. It's not in their marriage. It's not in their spouse. It's in you. And Lord, I pray that you would give them um, a way forward. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, quick reminder. Uh, make sure to check out gospelcenteredmarriage.com. We talk about this and more. We go into, there's actually six core sessions. What we talked about here is kind of brushing on some of the things we talk about in the first topic, but we get into every area that we've discussed as well. That's it Yeah. for this episode. All right. This episode is... In the can. All right. We'll see you again in about seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.